You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode 24 of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Office Apps and Services MVP, Kevin Crossman. This is Christian Buckley with Collab Talk, and I'm here with Kevin Crossman and going through and, and doing another MVP Buzz Chat and getting to know other MVPs out in the community. And Kevin, thanks for joining me today. Happy to be here. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you, Christian. And so why don't you introduce yourself for folks that don't know you and where you're located, who you're working for, yada, yada. Sure. I'm a Microsoft MVP for the last couple of years in the office servers and services. It's mostly been a, um, a focus with Yammer and the Microsoft communities. Uh, in my day job, I'm an IT manager at uh, Juniper Networks, and I manage the content collaboration side of Office 365. So that's SharePoint, Yammer, OneDrive, Teams, the content collaboration side of Teams, yep. uh, and video, things like that. And so, and I've been in the industry in that kind of role with various platforms. Uh, for a number of years. And so uh, right now we're using Microsoft and I'm enjoying my time as an MVP, making connections with folks and learning from others and hopefully giving back to the community as well. Hey, Kevin, you're one of those people that I, you know, I've talked with a few that, you know, you had those experiences where you're talking with them. It's like, well, how long have you been an MVP? And like, oh, I'm, I'm not an MVP, actually. But I mean, you were one of those people that, you know, your name, you were involved in several of the different forums and on the Yammer communities and, and uh, you know, all those things you know, for, for, for years, see your name popping up and, and, and doing more speaking. But kind of what was your entrance into the MVP world? Well, it's funny because uh, in a previous life, we were a customer of Jive, and I was essentially this, in the same role with Jive. Uh, they had their champion program, which is basically their MVP program. And for a while, I was their number one contributor to their uh, user community that wasn't a Jive employee. And so being active in the, in the user communities uh, has been useful for me, adopting new platforms and then learning more about them, and especially in my role where I'm not just focused on one of the workloads or another, I, you know, and I, I can't be an expert necessarily at all of those things. And so sometimes I need to tap into the community to solve a problem or did anyone else see this error or what is this new feature all about or whatever. Well, so that's, a, that's so actually like, an important point too to make is that, that MVPs are generally not just experts in like the product and they, they, they generally are. They're you know, but they're also, uh, you know, kind of experts from the business standpoint kind of in, in the space. So whether they have a technical dev uh, background, more of the admin IT pro, or even on the end user side of things, they're people that generally uh, you know, are, can speak to where the technology fits within what the business is actually trying to, to go and accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, it's interesting because uh, I don't come to the IT professional role from a technical background. I'm not a programmer. Uh, HTML is my programming language of choice. <laughs> it's not really a programming language. Uh, so, but I, and I have a master's degree in library science and I transitioned out of that, uh, you know, number of years now into IT. And so that has been, always been my role is bridging the IT, hardcore IT developer side with business user side. And sometimes that's been in an IT role like I am now. And sometimes it's been in a business aligned role 
uh, in, you know, like training departments or things like that. You know, I have to say that I remember uh, as a, uh, in the late 80s, um, part of my undergrad uh, attending uh, Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. Um, I just am a stone's throw away from campus now, but um, running into a, uh, one of my roommates was, was uh, dating someone who was a library sciences major and just thinking, what? What is that? And it's just funny um, getting into collaboration and knowledge management systems and hanging out with more and more of these people that have masters and PhDs in that area and talking about um, you know, taxonomy and, and metadata and uh, you know, information architecture and how, um, in fact, just had this conversation the other day with somebody who's saying, uh, again, was asking, well, with all of the AI and machine learning and all those things out there, do we really need to do taxonomy? And do we need to think about metadata anymore? And it's like, yes. <laughs> It's still a thing. It still needs to be done. Um, yeah, it, it's it's funny for me because I got my master's it, it, like literally the last possible quarter uh, before the web hit, and so of course it rendered that training essentially useless. <laughs> so that was among the reasons why I switched careers into an IT role. Yeah, well, it's a uh, it's a, it's a great space having that that background and that knowledge, um, especially. I mean, I spent a third of my career in you know, technical program project management roles and, and uh, was a, started my career as a tech writer and business analyst. And so having that perspective, I think, helps uh, in problem solving in no matter what field is in, but especially within IT where, you know, one of the biggest problems is people go jump out there with a technical solution before really understanding what it is they're trying to solve and whether that is the right path. And uh, but, but anyway, it's a, uh, well, as far as, I mean, the, the, the technology, there's a lot of different topics that we can jump into around that, but kind of where's your passion today? Like, what are you focusing on? Well, it's interesting because uh, as coming into the MVP role, starting with Yammer, and now that um, Microsoft's improved a lot of the other workloads and introduced new ones like Teams, and, and certainly in my role at my company, this Teams and Yammer thing is a common question because it, it's really interesting. I wrote a blog post last year and that basically looked at the post of a Yammer post and a post of a Teams post. And if you look just at the post itself, all the things are exactly the same. The avatar, the like button, the animated GIF, the at mention, it's exactly the same if you just look at the post. But of course, the post lives in the context of how frequent do the, do the, the um, the comments come who's who are you having the conversations with and in those respects the individual teams and yammer products are very much tuned for different use cases yeah. and trying to explain that has been kind of a, a thing that i've been doing a little bit of uh, i i redid that uh, that talk as a presentation at the seattle office 365 user group when we were up in seattle for the um, microsoft mvp summit so I think that that sort of like the differences between these things and why I would use one or the other has been, uh, I think, a pretty common uh, topic of the last uh, year or so since Teams has come out. And I just used the uh, the inner the the uh, inner loop outer loop slide in a presentation down in Auckland uh, earlier this week. So yeah, I mean it's and and uh, you know I actually asked because you know people were looking at it and like taking notes and people like cameras came up. I said. Have people you hear? Have you seen this? Has anybody seen this before? And and I had a fairly full audience there, well over a hundred people, and 
five or six hands went up of people who had seen it before. Yeah, I think that, like, yeah, my, I think the inner loop and outer loop um, model has been really effective when it gets explained to people. And when I've explained it to my uh, colleagues, uh, they get it. And, you know, but I think at the same point, that isn't the thing that Microsoft's going to necessarily put on their product website or something like that. They need it to be in the context of a, a pro and MVP, right. RD, whatever, to explain it to people. Right. Yep. And it, it's funny, that article was so popular that this week I found um, a version of it written by somebody else on a different blog, uh, blog site. And so I, I, I had oh, a Oh, interesting. Just, Attributed I, I, to you or? Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. But you, but you used, but, but used certain phrases that, yeah. that, that, yeah. came, that when I went to Google, only certain, became two results, my post and this other post. Um, so anyway, the, 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 the website in question is doing the right thing and they're going to rewrite it and give me some attribution. But I, it was funny. I was like, wow, someone else is getting this too. Oh. Yeah, no, it, yeah, super familiar. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's historically, there's been a lot of stories like that, uh, you know, out there over the years of, of uh, people uh, appropriating uh, content of others and not uh, providing proper attribution. You know, look, I, I like on my my blog, some people will reach out and say, "Hey, is it all right if I quote this article that you wrote?" I'm like. Look, there's, there's legal standards for doing that. I never ask permission of publicly available, non-paid content that's out there as long as I'm attributing back to the owner of that. And I always provide the link. And so that, that's what a cross-link is and does. Right. But anyway. Absolutely. And it's, it's, you know, it's interesting, too, I think, with Teams is that I still see a lot of pro people um, having sort of struggles with the user interface. And I, I kind of um, call these people Facebook people. It's like the Slack people get it, but the people that I'm dealing with that are coming from non-technical fields, you know, our accounting team, our HR team, you know, people like that, that are very familiar with Facebook and while they can look at something like Yammer and go, okay, I see what this is, I can see how to use it. The, the whole UI with Teams, I think, is very um, unfamiliar to them and I think in some ways is kind of scary. And it, it, it's unfortunate, it seems like Microsoft's kind of doubling down on this like command line orientation with teams lately and that's great for the slack people but it's not helpful for the facebook people right i no, i mean there's there's great things of being able to go up and use that that uh you know that that search bar and be able to to, to more you know to, to, to go from one place and find the different pieces and things out there but you're right it does need to be part of um and i and i have that inner loop, outer loop slide in a number of different presentations. One of my two sessions this, this week was on leveraging SharePoint through Teams. And, uh, and it, there's, no, uh, there's no secret sauce ar around that. It's, it's pretty simple. It's that you know, content inside of Teams is SharePoint and that you could also have the ability to go add a tab or add your SharePoint libraries uh, into the files tab that's already there and structure it so that you can have, uh, you know, the, you have the ability to go in and add three or four different ways to access existing SharePoint sites and content through a Teams site. Um, and it's, it's really not, uh, uh, you know, anything complicated about how to go and do that, but it's, you know, it's intentionally, uh, uh, it, it's flexible around that. But I think the, the way that I tell the story it's very similar story with Yammer. The, in my mind, there are very specific, clear uh, you know, use cases around that. And if you have organizations that are using SharePoint and Teams and Yammer, 
that there are great flexible ways of bringing those different pieces together. I mean, so what is, what's your 30 second pitch on teams versus Yammer? Well, I think that Yammer is great for open conversations. Uh, some things that I think that have been really successful with Yammer is things like photo contests. So we're running one at our company now where uh, we want people to wear a certain logo a shirt or their favorite swag or whatever, post a picture, use a hashtag, but it's in Yammer because then anyone can discover it and get to it. But that would never work in teams because I have to join the group, I have to load the app, I have to do all these other things. And so for open conversations, conversations of um, you know, communities of interest or things like that, it's, it's a much better platform for that. Well, and that's, that's right, right, the problem with, you had like the product team that like right, came out with these scenarios of like, well, then you go and add all 5,000 people in your company to the teams and like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like that, that's not its strength. That's not how I use it. It's not how any customers I work with are using it where they add everyone into, you know, each of these teams. They're like, that's, the, Yammer is better for that. And honestly, just having a DL, you know, you know, have a group that's created, but you know, emailing everybody for those kinds of broadcasts might even be a better model than put everybody inside of you know a team. Yeah, I, I get the problem that the teams folks have is that if I'm a brand new Teams user and I just load the app and no one's invited me into Teams, what am I going to see? And the, we can talk about maybe the UI for adding Teams is maybe uh, could be improved but the idea of having everybody have at least one team that they're automatically added to so that they get some context i think i i get in a, in a way why they did that but to your point i don't think that it's a good experience for anybody once just to be added in right well you know there almost needs to be something like when uh when they launched the microsoft tech community is a great example of that and you're a new user that's you're on there as part of that discovery process is by serving up, well, based on your interests, here's the groups that we suggest, the ones that are public, that are open, that you can you know, self-nominate for and join to those communities. And so Yammer is like that, where you can go in and find out, search, and discover on those various topics and then join the ones that are relevant. Maybe there needs to be a similar experience within teams, but I don't believe that the right way to do that. Um, I mean, if you're joining your new employee, and I'm the employer, I'm going to go, well, I do this with my employees now. I've got four employees. I set them up with email. I set them up inside of Teams, and I then add them to the ones that I think are relevant to what they need to go and do. Right, or, but even if, even if you as the manager didn't do that, if me as the new employee went in and launched Teams and it said, these are teams that are people that you work with, your manager, your coworkers, that your direct line coworkers also are members of, add me they're public that would be great but yeah. it doesn't do that so you know hopefully that's something they can improve because i think that onboarding experience is really kind of broken right now in teams which is unfortunate because once people are in it and in your project team or your department team or whatever you, once you adopt it i think it's a great way to communicate and foster um closer connections with those people you're working with yeah i know with my own team it's been very effective when we um we uh got somebody who transferred from another IT department into our team and it was great to be able to bring them in, welcome them, and he could get up to speed with all the past conversations. Right, and it's, you know, on that, that discovery process too, I think it, it can't be understated how important that is. There's a reason why 
if you look at the success of the, the, the social platforms, but even how uh, the search experiences with through the, 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 the you know, through Google, through Bing, through um, Yahoo, through any of the lesser ones that are out there that all do very similar things, which is they've decided that, or they've discovered to use that uh, too many times um, to use the white space that's around that for discovery activities. Facebook is a great example of that where, you know, you're getting as part of your newsfeed blended into the things that you're doing, but also what your friends are doing. It's constantly suggesting hey, friends that have joined this and you have these activities, you're in conversations, we suggest these sites. Or, hey, you in the newsfeed, somebody mentioned you or this. All of those are discovery opportunities to go elsewhere. And so when you think of successful collaboration, adopting those types of public social network um, best practices, um, being able, you know, feeding you information of things that you may never know to go and look for. Like once you're in a system, like I rarely go in, um, even in Yammer communities, which I'm, I go into Yammer almost every day. I get email notifications of different conversations and reminders. I'm in, I'm reading stuff I, you know, I'm of, of these broader communities, just like I live and work inside of teams every day, all, both of which have their SharePoint components that are behind all of that. Um, but that I, I rarely go in and be like, Oh, you know, I've not looked in a while. What, sh what other new communities are out there within Yammer and, and elsewhere? Like I don't, once I kind of, I fit those pieces. So unless there's some way that it's the system is coming back to me and, and, and you know, and, and saying, Hey, you should look at, I will never go look for new things on my own. I'm right. busy, you know? Right, of course. Well, and Yammer is pretty good about, they have that discovery feed. So if there is a popular group or discussion that's happening in something you're not necessarily following, it, it, it presents it to you and also does that in the email digest too. So uh, I think Yammer is doing a good job of, of giving you some opportunities to not have to go hunting for new groups all the time. Well, that's something that but, uh, you, know, you have to, like with your background, just like with mine and collaboration platforms in general is, you know, recognize that, you know, we, we've always had those engagement adoption, you know, issues with all of these platforms that we've, these systems and tools that we've used. And that solves so many of them if you're able to automate that based on those patterns of activity and your connections, making those suggestions. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, uh, anything else going on? Like how, well, let, let me ask this first. So Kevin, so how can people get in touch with you? Well, probably the best way, uh, I'm on Twitter as Kevin Crossman, and I'm on LinkedIn as Kevin Crossman, so those are good places to reach out. Um, my Twitter feed is definitely not solely professional. You're going to get a lot of insight to my interest in sports and politics and uh, tiki drinks and everything else, so, um, but, you're, but I also do you know, uh, work-related Microsoft Office 365 related uh, tweets and posts and things like that. And you can find a lot of Kevin's uh, content on under other people's names on other blogs around the world. So that's sure. awesome. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so that's awesome. All right. Well, uh, you know, Kevin, a lot great, you know, talking to you, catching up and uh, good to see you again. I don't know when I see you next. Are you going to be in Vegas? I will not be in Vegas, but I'll be at uh, Orlando for uh, yeah, definitely see you at Ignite this, this, uh, this fall. So, so Kevin, thanks a lot. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Always a pleasure.